Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss a personal health coach, online wellness education for preventative health, and an emotional campaign for teens. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 48 for the week of August 31st. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W21.04, struck by golf ball. You know, interestingly enough, Matt, this has happened this to This has me. happened to you. It oh. has. <laughs> a couple times. Um, what a coincidence. This is 100% a true story. Um, when I was younger, I participated in like a summer gym class for my high school. Ah, and, nice, nice. Um, one of the things they did, because, you know, there's only so much you can do for a, a summer gym class, is they would take us on a couple different trips. You know, yeah. one time we went to the pool, and then another Ooh. time we went to uh, this little place outside of town. Um, it's it's like a little private-owned mini golf course that's been there forever and ever. And we all went mini golfing. Uh, we, there was also batting cages and basketball and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of fun, you know, kinds of things that is too dangerous for kids nowadays. Uh, but we went mini golfing. And for some reason, the person who was golfing at the hole behind me. Yeah. So we were in our little yes. groups and the group that was behind us, there was one person in that group who must have had some kind of like Tiger Woods complex or something because Whoa. they just they couldn't figure out how to hit the ball softly. <laughs> And, you know, I kind of assumed they would start taking it a little easier after they hit me with the golf ball the first time. Uh, But no, 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 that was not enough. Uh, They did it again. Actually, Ah. they did it four times in total. Ah. I was hit by their golf ball. (laughs) What I like most about this code is, you know what they say when when someone messes up their swing and you might get hit by their golf ball? They say four, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the code to this is W21.04. <laughs> I think it's funny. And with that, let's get right into the news. First up, we have a bit of advice to help with your health. While Fitbit is mainly used for tracking users' own health, it can now be used for personalized coaching. In addition to its premium features, Fitbit is now offering its one-on-one Fitbit health coaching. It gives users access to a certified health professional who can develop a personalized health plan. This includes help for losing weight, reducing stress, managing chronic conditions, and getting healthier in general. It takes an appointment-free messaging-like approach. Users can check in with their advisors as often as they like with no limits. The coach will also check in with their progress and offer actionable guidance for reaching goals. So not only is the coach going to help you reach your your physical goals, but they'll also be your buddy because you can message them all day. Yeah. Hey, you up? (laughs) Hey, coach, you up? (laughs) This is a a pretty good example of Fitbit kind of carving out its its own little space within that market past just having a product and kind of developing more of like a solution-minded outcome because you got your fitness tracker, but that is like everybody's got a fitness tracker. How are we going to compete with that? It's the other things that we do that's going to help bring people over. Yes. Interestingly enough, when I woke up this morning, the band on my Fitbit has broken. So oh, uh, no. I'm a little I'm a little sad right now. 
I'm a traditionalist when it comes to watches, but I have two points here. First, I wonder, and I think that this is probably something that they're already thinking about doing, is if they're going to take this, right, take the coach, right, and make it into a physical form and have Fitbit gyms, and that coach that is with you at that gym helps you and with this product. And on top of that, if you could like scan in and like track your progress with the machines and stuff, like that would be pretty cool. That also incredible. Right? That's what I'm saying. Also, I wonder like is there ever gonna be a response or a limit to the uh monthly payment subscription based product approach for consumer based goods? Because I don't know how much money people think we have (laughs) on a monthly basis, (laughs) but there is so much stuff that you could just fall into in a subscription and you end up spending like, I mean, you could end up spending thousands of dollars a month on like Netflix, HBO, Hulu. We got Google TV, YouTube TV. We got like ABC has a premium thing. It's like all these TV channels are actually accidentally remaking cable, which I think is their actual purpose. Now we got Fitbit going on. What's next? It's just, it's insane. It's actually insane. I'm still a little bit bitter. Uh, I use Photoshop a lot and they switched to a software as a service model. And it's expensive. It It is. It's so expensive. It is. And, (laughs) you know, I'm never going to get away with it, away from it. Like, no, I can't reduce my monthly bills if I want to use Photoshop. And that just sucks. Yeah. If, if you are any, in any shape, way or form, a, digital designer or photographer or video editor, anything in that space, you're probably using Photoshop or Adobe products and you know how expensive it is. Right. And with that next topic. Well, actually, let me uh, let me take you on another little side note, um, because I don't think we're going to talk about this today. It was just very recent news. Amazon announced that they're actually coming out with their own fitness tracker. Ah, let is it, it going to be like Alexa? She's a little bit more gruff. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the fitness tracker, it's called Amazon Halo. And oh, it wow. also seems to have a, Sounds a holy. description. Wow. Of course it does. So I'm saying at a certain point, I feel like they're going to all these companies are going to like be like, you know what? I don't think we can make any more money from people because everyone is broke because of all of our monthly subscription based models. <laughs> Let me let me read you on this Amazon Halo ad, though, uh, yes. because it's first off, membership uh, is free for the first six months. And then after that, it's four four dollars a month, which uh, isn't crazy. But no, that's easy. I will say the design looks almost exactly like Fitbit uh-huh. down to the way the charger works. But my favorite thing is, is this line, quote, screen free for fewer distractions. Wow. Or, or cheaper production costs. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it makes sense, though, if you think about it, because most people, when they're using their Fitbits and stuff, they're looking on their phone app anyways, because that has right. all the details. So it's that's a creative, fair. that's a creative, uh, you know, product strategy to just have no screen. It looks kind of goofy, though. Right, right. It's not much of a fashion statement. It's like, why do you have this Velcro strap on your wrist? That is exactly what it looks like. <laughs> so like dude you know you have some velcro on your wrist right man right i could see this being an opportunity to kind of force fitbit to oh and the other fitness trackers to offer more affordable options um yeah i think at the very minimum fitbit seems to offer more features in terms of of actual um 
fitness tracking for free yeah. without the subscription. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Amazon getting into the wearable device. I guess we'll see how that shapes up. Over I wonder the if they're going to add it to Prime because everything ends up being to Prime. So I don't know. Probably. Actually, you know what? That makes sense if they did. Yeah. Your I feel Amazon like that's probably the end goal. Included. It's going to be like the the world is going to freak out when they increase the price of Prime because <laughs> there's so many added benefits with it. Because everybody's <laughs> already on it, so they can't make any more money. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Price. Exactly. Bezos needs more money. We just got the word. We got an email today. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> he doesn't want to. He wants to buy the entire country of India. <laughs> we need to make more money. Next up, save money, live healthier, Walmart. Walmart is helping customers save money by living healthier, you guessed it, with its first ever healthcare form online. As social distancing measures continue to keep people at home, the retailer is making healthcare resources accessible with its Walmart Wellness Live. This will showcase simple but effective steps that consumers can take to improve their nutritional, heart, and mental health. The chief medical officer at Walmart says, they're worried about a secondary health crisis since many people put off routine medical care during the pandemic. But there are simple preventative measures that can help manage many of these health issues. The goal is to empower Americans to take small steps to maximize their health from home. Or you could just be like everyone else and work out outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, but imagine, if you will, the people of Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was just about to say that. I was like, I don't know. So there's two ways you can go about this. The stereotypical demographic of someone that goes to Walmart is usually someone who's not necessarily very health conscious, right? So that's good because they're trying to make their consumers more healthier, right? But also, it could also mean that they're not interested in this at all. <laughs> right. Well, so, you know, maybe they will figure out that they are interested. Yes. That's what we'll maybe, learn. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely don't want to take health advice from Walmart, though. Like my perception of that brand is not healthy. It's like cheap stuff and food. <laughs> it's not like it's not like fitness. It's like I'm going to go here for one thing only and then scan out and then save like two dollars. So right. I don't know. Interesting move, though. Interesting move could be could be related to what Amazon's doing with their Halo that we just talked about. Whoa. Next up, hold on for dear life as your child becomes a teen. Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital is celebrating the 30th anniversary of its public service campaign, Hold On to Dear Life. This is a child injury prevention program in Utah. Along with celebrating the anniversary, the hospital is adding an emotional well-being component that helps adolescents deal with challenges during their teenage years. Data shows Utah kids are struggling as they transition into teenage years and want trusted, informed help, which they're more likely to seek from their parents. The emotional well-being component of the campaign provides education to parents in English or Spanish to help them enhance parenting skills, begin conversations with their tweens, and nurture kids as they grow into adulthood. How adorable. How thoughtful. Wow. Who would have thought Utah cares about their children as much as this hospital? Amazing. I think um, that if I were going to name a program that was designed to prevent um, 
not just physical injury, like specifically emotional injury or injury that is the result from mental illness. I think hold on to dear life would be great. So it's kind of weird that they went the backwards direction. Yeah. But it makes sense for them to kind of expand and it's dear, like offerings D-E-A-R. to E A R. It's not like dear, like D E E R. It's not like hold on for dear life. You know what I mean? It's hold on for dear life. <laughs> yes. This is not an so, animal rights activist group. <laughs> but it shows just overall, I mean this this episode's kind of showing and shedding light on like how all these companies are figuring out that the health industry is very lucrative, so they're trying to figure out ways to be helpful for patients, which is good. Um it's good for them and it's good for for us as patients. So Right. As the old saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. So here we are expanding our product offerings because there is that need. Also, I feel like, I mean, this is great, but I feel like a lot of parents are too stubborn to to realize that, you know, they their parenting could, could use a little bit of improvement for their teen's health. I feel like they're just going to be like, well, well, back in my day, we used to jump off of cars that were running at 50 miles per hour and I'm fine. So <laughs> if I could do that, my child could do that too. So, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that's just like a, an old school mentality, but it takes a lot of pride to swallow. You got to swallow your own pride as right. a parent if you want to do this app, which you, you should, but you know, I don't know. That's up to you. Do you think that in targeting the kids themselves rather than directly to the parents, do you think that parents are going to be more receptive to a, a parenting change if it kind of comes from a doctor, not like um, unsolicited, right? The doctor's I mean, like, hey, we've been working with your kid. Here's some things I think that might make your life easier, their life easier, and, you know, everyone happier. You'd think, but if it's going to come from anywhere, it's going to come from a doctor. That's going to be the probably the best place and have the highest chance to for parents to do that. But at the same time, I feel like it could also be from their friends too. Like I feel like they're, they might be more receptive to their friends being like, hey, I started doing this with little Jimmy and it worked really well. Maybe you should try this with little Tommy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the doctor telling you what to do. Because the doctor, of course, what they're saying is accurate and super helpful because they're a professional in the field. But I feel like a lot of people mistrust doctors still. Mm-hmm. I think well, if, if it man. comes off in a less, if, if, if advice comes in a more casual way, I feel like people might be more susceptible to listening to it from someone that they know. And if it came from a more professional way, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But I mean, I'm going to do what I want. So I don't know. That'd right. be an interesting, interesting study to do. Yeah. And hopefully it kind of rubs off on multiple parents. Like if some of the parents are participating. Um, that they can kind of share that advice with their friend right. group, see that some of these things are working and, and therefore that they should share it. Agreed. With that, let's go on to our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, we have Even pre-moms can't keep anything secret. According to the International Digital Accountability Council, the Android fertility app Premom shared data with third-party Chinese companies without permission. The IDAC said that they believe there are differences between what Premom states in its privacy policies and what its technical tests revealed. Premom shared user data with Chinese advertising companies without allowing users to opt out. 
as required by Google regulations. Google Play removed the app from its stores while it's investigating the allegations. It has since been reinstated, having revoked access to one of the third-party companies. But it's unclear whether Premom is still sharing data with two remaining companies. Premom said that all of its methods are in compliance with Apple App Store and Google Play Store collection rules and regulations. Of course they say that. Why wouldn't they say that? All right. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, you caught us. Uh-oh. Take our because, app off. I don't want their more app money. Is, their app is currently operating, so it wouldn't make sense for them to come out and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're definitely breaking the rules here. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because this it's, it's kind of coincides with the whole thing that's going on with TikTok and like the Chinese mm-hmm. government and advertising agencies. It just goes to show you that number one, companies most time, they're not really caring that much about you as an individual. They just want your money. So they're going to do whatever they can. And whether it's shady or not, most likely they're going to go to whatever they can to make money. I, I kind of feel like at this point, we should just assume that we are the product. Yeah, honestly, I it's like that whole thing. I remember growing up, it was like, careful what you post on the Internet, blah, blah, blah. Now, I remember it was like, if you posted your first and last name on the Internet, you're essentially dead (laughs) (laughs) in the eyes of in the eyes of new Internet users. If you posted your name on the Internet, you were essentially dead. Like that was like a death note for you. But now it's like, I mean, now it's like you. I just assume that everyone, like some country somewhere across the world, whether it be the United States here or China or, I mean, anything, they know who I am, what I like, what I don't like, what I'm talking about right now. They're listening. They're here. So it's like, I don't know. Is that is that ethically okay? No. But is it something that we can control? No. Is it, I mean, I'm just kind of like, it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just in general, if you are not buying a product, but you are still getting a benefit, then you are the product Yes, that is being sold. And that's the same with all of our social media sites, websites since day one have been selling us as the product. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. I guess we keep trying to crack down on some of this data sharing by imposing yeah. additional regulations. I mean, the European Union had a pretty strict one with GDPR. I guess I feel like it's a losing battle. We're not going to be able to kind of plug all of the holes in the bucket, if you will, because companies are continuously drilling more holes. Yes. And we're not trying to be pre-mom Donna's here, but it just is what it is at this point. (laughs) I don't know. I've come to accept it. I mean, who do I care if Target knows what kind of things I want to buy? As long as I recognize... It's like, hey... I get a benefit because I get to buy something that I like. <laughs> right. Well, that's what they want you to think. But right. as long as as long as you realize that you're being targeted, which you know that requires a change in attitude. I agree. Um, but you kind of recognize, like, oh, I was looking this up a minute ago, and now I'm getting ads for it. That's targeted. Right. Next up, the dark side of real estate. North American land developer and home builder Brookfield Residential is one of the first victims of the new DarkSide ransomware. The company recently identified a data security incident which involved unauthorized access to a limited subset of files. They immediately alerted appropriate authorities, restored affected systems, and implemented additional security measures. They're also reaching out to all individuals who were affected, which at this time is believed to only be their employees. 
It's unknown how much Darkseid demanded for a ransom, but other victims had ransom demands of $2 million. The stolen data has been released on Darkseid's data leak site, so it's highly unlikely that a ransom was paid. Well, hey, at least they get their data back. <laughs> yeah, right. Through the dark <laughs> web. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, well, we got we got a backup and it's going to be there for a while. So, you know, we're good. But ransomware, man, every week there's a new ransomware that we talk about. And yeah, we just pretty keep much. Reaching the same thing. And it's just like, it's kind of like the whole data privacy thing. It's like, most likely if you're a company, at some point you're going to come in contact with some ransomware, whether you stop it or not. Hopefully not, but I mean, that's kind of the reality we live in. This is like an attack. Hopefully you stop. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully for the sake of your company, you do. But it's just a scary reality. It's it's I mean, I don't I don't really know what else to say about it other than don't pay the ransom and work with federal agencies to to try to remedy it. Right. Because if you that'll pay the ransom, help, that'll help drive down the costs of ransom and make them more affordable. Yeah, it's simple <laughs> ransomware <laughs> economics here. <laughs> Duh. Supply and demand. If there's no demand for ransom, <laughs> then there's not going to be anybody doing ransomware. Thus, smaller supply. Duh. Okay. And then the price comes down. Next up, bold move by hackers. Mental health partners of Boulder, Colorado, just announced that it learned of a security incident. In March, MPH learned of unusual activity involving an employee's email account. MPH immediately began an investigation and secured all of employee accounts. By conducting an investigation with a computer forensic firm, they learned that six employee email accounts had been accessed without authorization. Following an extensive review of the contents of the accounts, MPH learned that information belonged to some current and former clients and employees. While there's no evidence of misuse of any information involved, MPH has notified potential impacted individuals. So I think what happens here, this comes down to uh, internal compliance safeguards, right? So mm-hmm. if the contents of the accounts were former employees, then there's an issue with what happens when an employee quits or gets laid off or is terminated. Um, you have to make sure that when you either onboarding someone that you have a process in place or offboarding someone that you delete all their contacts, all their contents and all that stuff, just completely wipe it, right? Back it up in like some hard drive or some secure space so that you can always reference it back later if you need to get something that they had that you didn't work on. But the less access points that you have available that, uh, especially if they're inactive, the more secure you are as a company. Makes sense to me. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. And I'm Matt Moneypenny. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.